Big shout out today to Helix Sleep. Take their two-minute sleep quiz and they'll match you to a mattress that'll give you the best sleep of your life. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans and use promo code HELIXPARTNER. This is their best offer yet and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Wednesday, March 15th, 2023. Today, Trump blames Pence for the attack on the Capitol. A federal judge denies a January 6th defendant's motion for release, saying none of his rights were violated in jail. The Justice Department and SEC are now investigating the Silicon Valley bank collapse. And a federal judge has ruled that the Department of Justice can seize funds from the white supremacist convicted in the Charlottesville car attack. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. It is the Ides of March. Hey, It is, and we're recording this on Pi Day, which just goes on and on and on. Happy Pi Day and happy Ides of March, depending on when you're listening to this show. Yep. Uh, March. Remember March 2020? Mm. Oh, God. This was like, so we're recording on the 14th. So three years ago, March 20. Yep. Two years. Yep. Three years ago, the world shut the fuck down yesterday. Like shut down. That month lasted for a year and a half. Two years. Yeah. They're like, Mm -hmm. oh, everything's going to be fine by May. Yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's no, it's not. I know. I, I was on the tr- I was on the phone with Mary Trump all the time. Like, help! I'm so lonely. Talk oh, to gosh. me, my friend. It was a mess. But you came out of the pandemic because you and I uh, we started just before. Saved my life. This has been saving my life. Ah, well, you saved mine as well, my friend. So hats off to we're like to rescue us. podcasters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who's who's safe too? We don't know, but we're both feeling much better. Thanks for asking. Don't breed or buy when other hosts never mind. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. It's gonna be one of those days. It's gonna be one of the I'm a little bit punchy. Let's I'm do it. Go ahead and say. I haven't been I sleeping like well because of the time oh, change. So. I don't like that, but punchy's fun for the listeners. It is. It's also fun for me. I have I I adore these days. And I miss you so much while you're gone. So I'm so glad that you're back. Me too. All right, everybody, we have a lot of news to get to. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right, from Arnsdorf and Reston at the Washington Post, Donald Trump on Monday sharply rebuked Mike Pence's assertion that history would hold him accountable for the January 6, 2021 attack on the Capitol, telling reporters that his former vice president should shoulder the blame for the violent riot that day by Trump supporters. Quote, had he sent the votes back to the legislatures, they wouldn't have had a problem with January 6th. So in many ways, you can blame him for January 6th. That's what he said, referring to Pence's refusal to break the law, uh, reject the Electoral College votes in Congress, as Trump wanted him to do that day. Quote, had he sent them back to Pennsylvania, Georgia, Arizona, and the states, I believe, number one, <laughs> you, <laughs> you would have had a different outcome. But I also believe you wouldn't have had January 6th, as we call it. That's apparently what we call January 6th is January 6th. I mean, as one does. I mean, why would we do that since it happened on January fucking 6th? Mm -hmm. Why does his brain do what it does? I don't understand. We've ended up calling it January 6th, the so-called January 6th. (laughs) In quotes, (laughs) so-called. It was really January 4th. We all know it. 
All right. So Trump was responding to Pence's remarks on Saturday at the gridiron dinner where he said unequivocally that Trump had been wrong to demand he overturn the election, something Pence maintained he had no power to do. Quote, his reckless words endangered my family and everyone at the Capitol that day. That's what he said during a speech at the White Tie Gridiron Dinner in Washington, quote, and I know that history will hold Donald Trump accountable, even though he can hold Donald Trump accountable today, like yeah. in the present. But he's refusing to testify because of the speech or debate clause claiming he's a senator. I think he's refusing because <laughs> he's a fucking coward. All right, keep going. Yes, chicken shit. The former president made his comments to reporters aboard his plane as he made his way to Iowa for his first visit since announcing his presidential bid last year. The trip came as Trump was also under intense legal scrutiny, <laughs> facing several criminal investigations. Trump suggested that Pence's condemnation was driven by his single-digit showings in recent surveys of potential 2024 Republican contenders. Pence has not officially announced his candidacy, even though he has made moves toward entering the race. Quote, I guess he figured that being nice isn't working, he said. But, you know, he's out here campaigning. He's trying very hard. <laughs> and he's a nice man. I've known him. I had a very good relationship until the end. Dun, dun, dun. When I wanted to hang him. Uh, and we can hear <laughs> we can hear Trump's lawyers pounding their collective heads against the Mar-a-Lago omelet bar from here because Trump has now admitted that the January 6th riot was bad and that he was trying to get Pence to overthrow the election, thereby confessing to obstructing an official proceeding. These comments must also have lawyers for John Eastman shitting their legal briefs because he just threw Eastman under the bus because Eastman has admitted that the Electoral Count Act barred Pence from legally being able to throw it back to the states. So every time he opens his mouth, a lawyer loses its wings, I guess. Oh, God, it's so good, though. Let him keep truthing or whatever the hell they call it over there. <laughs> All right. And this is from Scott McFarlane over at CBS. Well, the Justice Department can seize money that has recently flowed into the prison inmate account of white supremacist James Alex Fields Jr., the Ohio man who in 2017 rammed his car into a group of anti-racism protesters in Charlottesville, killing Heather Heyer. Mm -hmm. A federal judge in Virginia has ruled law enforcement officials can take and use the funds to pay for some of the approximately $80,000 in unpaid fines and restitution owed by Fields in his criminal case. Fields, who pleaded guilty to several federal hate crime charges in the deadly car attack that killed 32-year-old Heather Heyer and wounded dozens more, is serving a life sentence in prison. Now, according to prosecutors, he has amassed, quote, significant funds in his prison inmate account at the federal prison facility in Springfield, Missouri. Though the exact amount of Fields' inmate account is unclear, the Justice Department sought to seize at least 650 of the funds, arguing various individuals have been sending money to Fields. In a handwritten motion, Fields asked the court to reduce the payment from the trust account requested by the government from $650 to $298. Well, federal Judge Michael Urbanski rejected Fields' argument that some of the money be preserved in his prison account to help pay for phone calls, stamps, and other sundry items, if you will. Now, though, just the Justice Department sealed the names of the suspected donors to that account. Testimony in a federal civil lawsuit against Fields indicated a known white supremacist had contributed money and raised the prospect that others in the white nationalist movement had sent correspondence to Fields over the past five years. In 2017, he, an avowed white supremacist, this is Fields, who kept a photo of Adolf Hitler on his bedside table, mm. drove from his home in Maumee, Ohio, to attend the Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville. You remember where there was fine people on both sides, A.G.? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I remember. Yep. 
That attracted hundreds of white nationalists to protest the planned removal of a statue of the Confederate general, Robert E. Lee. I can't believe that's what happened. This is how I forgot that that's what was surrounding this horrifying day. Now, the event also drew counter-protesters who demonstrated against the white nationalists. The legal dispute over Fields' prison inmate account money has also revealed a series of recent incidents of alleged prison misconduct by Fields. Prosecutors said Fields was fined $250 for possessing a dangerous homemade weapon, and that was December of 2020, while he was in prison, while he's still serving his term. They said Fields also made a threatening remark to an officer in January 2021 and other incidents of misconduct, including being insolent to prison staff and refusing to appear at a hearing. So this guy sounds like he's a piece of work in prison, just like he was in public. Yeah. What a dick. And it was the Unite the Right rally that prompted President Biden to run for president, Joe Biden to run for president. He said he just couldn't. That was the last straw for him was that white nationalist. And it should have display. It was. It's horrifying. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's both. There's five people on both sides. Now there's Nazis on one and (laughs) counter protesters on the other. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Basically calling Nazis fine people. And from Bogosh at the Post, the Justice Department and the SEC, Securities Exchange Commission, have opened criminal investigations into the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank, the second largest bank failure in U.S. history, and the actions of its senior executives, according to two people familiar with the matter who spoke anonymously. Financial regulators closed the bank, popular among tech firms and startups, last week after a run on deposits. Then another regional bank, New York-based Signature Bank, on Sunday. The twin failures sent shocks through the investment markets in Congress as the banking sector grappled with its first major case and first major scare since the 2008 financial crisis. After that Great Recession, lawmakers stiffened rules around asset to equity ratios and imposed harsh restrictions on the bets that financial institutions could make with depositor dollars. But a Republican-controlled Congress in 2018 relaxed many of those laws, cheered on by a chorus of financial institution executives and Federal Chair Reserve Jerome Powell. Now, Powell has said the Fed will conduct its own inquiry into SVB's failure. Elizabeth Warren said Tuesday that Powell should recuse himself from that probe, citing the Fed chair's support of the 2018 regulatory rollback. Quote, Fed Chair Powell's actions directly contributed to these bank failures, unquote. That's what Warren said in a statement Tuesday. SVB chief Greg Becker was among those who encouraged lawmakers to roll back Wall Street regs. Late in February, as his bank's stock price began to dip, a trust he controlled sold $3.6 million in SVB shares. Interesting. A Justice Department spokesman declined to comment. An SEC spokesperson referred questions to a Sunday statement from Chair Gary Gensler, who said his agency would be particularly focused on identifying and prosecuting any form of misconduct that might threaten investors, capital formation, or the markets more broadly. The people describing the nascent investigations did not specify what types of evidence would be sought, but it's common in the aftermath of a major firm's collapse for investigators to look for any indications of company officials misleading investors or executives self-dealing to avoid financial losses, like short selling your stock or selling your stock before you, (laughs) you know, something bad's going to happen. Yeah. Something, you know, or if you're Peter Thiel selling all your stock and then going online and saying, you know, you should make a run on your bank deposits. Yeah. Who among us hasn't yeah. done insider trading, AG? I, I, yeah, I just just this morning I was. <laughs> <laughs> now, the Wall Street Journal first reported the investigations. I'm out here like 
All right. Uh, Mission Federal Credit Union in San Diego. Everybody open an account right now. (laughs) (laughs) Not not happening. An SVB investor on Monday filed a civil lawsuit against the bank's parent company, alleging that it violated shareholders' rights by failing to disclose its exposure to the Federal Reserve's interest rate hikes, which have inordinately hit the tech sector. Now, the complaint, which seeks class action status, also named Becker and SVB chief financial officer and Daniel Beck as defendants, Beck and Becker. Now, because basically what happened was the interest rates, like these high interest rates hikes by Jerome Powell Mm -hmm. have been causing the bank to not have like liquidity to back its deposits. And so instead of trying to raise that capital itself and, and, you know, get get the investments short up and get their deposits short up they went public and said hey we're short a couple billion dollars help us out mm-hmm. and and then that's when peter thiel went everybody take your money out now <laughs> yeah and so that's sort of what happened there and and th- you know what stephanie rule is a badass she has been explaining this so well over on msnbc so if you want to follow get like get more information and, and insight on what's going on with svb and signature bank definitely follow stephanie rule The Biden administration on Sunday said the Federal Deposit Insurance Corp, the FDIC, will backstop all deposits regardless of size held by SVB and Signature Bank, which made large investments in cryptocurrency and digital assets. Whoops. And which is good because there's a lot of like regular folks who who got their VC capital, their VC stuff like through this bank and are banking on this and their families and their small businesses are depending on these deposits. Now, keep in mind, Peter Thiel caused this run on the bank. And he and others for a while now, if you follow Dave Troy on Twitter, have been trying to tank the dollar so that they can replace it with their cool, their own like bro commodities back currency. Right. And that's why we saw gold and silver go up in the days following this. But the markets are cool. Everybody's cool. This did not tank the dollar. And it doesn't look like we're going to see another 2008 kind of recession. That would be lovely, I think, for everyone listening. All right, AG, thank you so much. And this is the last one in this section. This is from Jordan Fisher at WUSA 9 News. Well, a federal judge denied a January 6th defendant's third motion to be released from pretrial custody on Tuesday, saying he found no violations of constitutional rights at the D.C. jail that would warrant his release. Last month, Christopher Quaglin, a New Jersey electrician the Justice Department says is a member of the Proud Boys, filed a renewed motion for release while he prepares for his trial scheduled next month. Quiglin was one of nine men in a multi-defendant indictment field in 2021, stemming from an hours-long assault on police who were defending the U.S. Capitol building's Lower West Terrace Tunnel on January 6th. We saw a video from that. It was horrifying. Quiglin faces felony charges of assaulting police with a dangerous weapon and inflicting bodily injury on officers for allegedly attacking police with a stolen riot shield and pepper spray. Six of Quiglin's co-defendants have already been found guilty, by the way, of numerous charges in bench trials before U.S. District Judge Trevor McFadden, and Quiglin and the remaining two defendants were scheduled to begin their own bench trial on April 10th. In the meantime, however, Quiglin's attorney, Jonathan Gross, wanted McFadden to release him to home detention. In a motion filed February 8th, Gross argued numerous factors warranted Quiglin's release, including the length of his detention, the numerous times he's been moved between facilities, conditions at the D.C. jail and his lack of access at the facility to evidence in his case. On Tuesday, the judge denied Quiglin's motion while acknowledging that there have been issues reported at the jail's central detention facility in the past. McFadden noted the U.S. Marshal Service responded swiftly in 2021 
to remove approximately 400 defendants out of the facility after a marshal's inspection found standing sewage and shut off water. At the time, the marshal's service found the conditions acceptable at a separate wing of the facility where January 6th defendants have been held, called the Central Treatment Facility. As Gross noted during Tuesday's hearing, three Republicans on the House Committee on Oversight and Accountability, they sent a letter to D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser last week announcing their plan to investigate the D.C. jail's handling of the January 6th detainees. The letter included the claim that January 6th detainees have received disparate treatment, including lack of access to legal resources. McFadden, who served as Deputy Assistant Attorney General in the Justice Department's Criminal Division before being appointed to the federal bench by former President Donald Trump in 2017, well, noted that it appeared to him, far from being denied access to resources or evidence at the D.C. jail, January 6th defendants had received extraordinary accommodations to view materials in their case. Now, at the facility, January 6th defendants have access to tablets to view the voluminous evidence in the investigation, including if they are signed up to do it, the government's electronic evidence database. They can get right into the fucking database. And this is a quote. I've seen cases for over a decade now, and I've never seen a defendant have a tablet to access discovery materials. This is from McFadden, noting the D.C. jails program has been developed specifically in response to January 6th defendants' concerns. (laughs) It was built around their concerns. As to Quaglin's other claims, McFadden laid his history of facility transfers at his own feet, noting he'd received... Numerous incident reports detailing aggressive and disruptive behavior by Quaglin. Not surprising, by the way. A marshal's deputy said in court Tuesday that Quaglin's recent transfer to the D.C. jail came after the uh, Rappahannock Regional Jail. I think I did that one right. Rappahannock Regional Jail reported that he had been harassing medical staff there. Addressing the length of Quaglin's pretrial detention, he pointed out that was entirely of his own making. You keep fucking up, we're going to keep keeping you there. Now, Quaglin and two other defendants, Stephen Capuccio and Federico Klein, were scheduled to begin a bench trial before McFadden on April 10th. Now, if convicted of the most serious charges against them, the men could face lengthy prison sentences. Last week, McFadden ordered another defendant in the case, Tristan Chandler Stevens, to serve five years in prison for assaulting police with a riot shield. So hopefully these guys get at least that or more, AG. Yeah. They keep moving me around. We'll quit threatening people. Oh, they keep giving me access to my evidence using a tablet and I want <laughs> a laptop. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I know it's that doesn't make any sense. So and this is interesting coming from Trevor McFadden. Uh, and most people are requesting bench trials from Trevor McFadden because he's been the most lenient. If you could say uh, that got on it. January 6th defendants, he's he's a Trump appointee, but I really don't see that he I mean, he's he's the one judge who's acquitted somebody from January 6th if he's acquitted one person. And so everyone's like, "Ooh, bench trial, bench trial, because, you know, the juries are going to convict him Uh, in a bench trial. The judge, there's no jury. The judge just decides. And so all of these guys have been sentenced by Trevor McFadden and it's not looking good for the rest of them that, (laughs) that are on his docket. So, no, boy. All right, we'll be right back with the good news. If you have any good news you want to send to us, you can do it by going to dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG, and I cannot stop thinking about how much I love my Helix Sleep mattress. It's better than the last mattress in every way. It's better than any mattress I've ever owned. I'm never going back. Just go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans, take their two-minute online sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. 
I took the Helix quiz like a couple of years ago. I was matched with a Helix Midnight because I'm a side sleeper. I like a medium firm bed. So it's perfect for me. But everyone is different and Helix knows that. So Helix has several different mattress models for you to choose from. You can go soft, medium, firm. There's a Helix Plus mattress for plus size folk. And even mattress is great for keeping you cool on hot nights. So if you need a mattress, go take the quiz. Order the mattress you're matched to. It'll come right to your doorship for free with a 10 to 15 year warranty. And you even get to try it out for 100 sleeps. No risk. Come pick pick it up if you don't love it, but you will love it. Helix is awesome, but you don't have to take my word for it. Wired Magazine awarded them best overall mattress in 2021, and GQ Home Awards listed them as their favorite mattress of 2022. With over a billion hours slept on Helix Sleep mattresses and over 12,000 five-star reviews, you can be sure you'll love yours just as much as I love mine. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders, all mattress orders, and two free pillows for listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans. Use promo code HELIXPARTNER, all one word. This is their best offer yet. It won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Who likes good news, everyone? Then good news, everyone. Good news, good news. And if you have any good news, confessions, corrections, you want to give a shout out to somebody you love or a small business in your area or a small business that you're running or if you have an adoptable pet in your area that you want to share with us in lieu of pod pet tax or send your pets in their costumes, please. We love the costumes, uh, frog orgies, baby pictures, anything you have, anything at all, send it to us at dailybeanspod.com. Just click on contact and that's where you send the good news. All right. First up from Dana S. No pronouns given. A follow up to the good news commenter who opined that Fox News should be limited in their comment because they are using the public airwaves, unquote. Unfortunately, this is not true for cable channels. They do not use the airwaves at all in any way that can be regulated as most people consider, for example, any commonly conceivable equal time or truthfulness proposals or laws or regulations. For my CV, I was volunteer chairman of my city's cable TV commission for 10 years, fighting, among others, the dreaded Comcast in our local franchise negotiations. No bueno. Anyway, here's an FCC link with further info. We'll put this link in the show notes. Uh, it is FCC.gov slash consumers slash guides slash FCC dash and dash speech. So Dana says we probably need a different methodology to rein them in. Voting machine lawsuits are a good start for Fox, at least. And hopefully the Simpsons can get a new home. All right. I like it. This is from Dean Iowa, pronounced she and her. Just wanted Whoa. to say you both sounded so happy yesterday being back together on the show. We were... The happiness was infectious and helped me get through my morning workout. Dana, I feel you on learning to read again out loud. My goodness, (laughs) that got us (laughs) a sympathetic laugh for me. I speak in public at times for my job, but I purposely shy away from situations where I have to read something out loud. I think my mouth goes faster than my eyes see the written word. Yep, D, I feel you there. A pet tax. Here's Addie, who likes anything rectangular, like my iPad, for sitting. This is the epitome of, if it fits... I sits. Yeah, if I fits, I sits. And this is an adorable cat. You know what's fun you can do, Dana? Uh, this, a lot of cat people who aren't cat people don't know this, but you can take some tape, like some painter's tape, mm-hmm. and just put a square on the ground. The cat will go and sit in it. That is a cat trap that we call it. Stop them. it. That's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't have to put food or anything. Just put the little square on the ground. They will go sit inside of it. <laughs> so try this at home. I want to see this from your cats, folks. Oh, my God. That would be great submissions. If you can get your cat to do this, we want to see the pictures. 
Yes. And use make sure you use painter's tape or something that's not going to stick to your floors or, you know, damage or anything. Or your cat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we used to we, we used to do that. We used to put tape on our cat's foot and they were like, what? Like they were walking on the moon. We called it moon kitty. Yeah. But yeah, make a little square. See if they sit in it. Take a picture. Let us know how long it takes the cat to get to, into the square. I'm, I definitely want to see these photos. All right. Next up from Colin B. Pronouns he and him. Guten Tag from Vienna. I discovered the MSW podcast at the start of 2018. I've never been quite sure if this counts as kitchen table days, but it must have been pretty close to the first episode with Jordan and Jalisa. At the time, I was struggling with the Brexit referendum result and how a number of family and friends have been sucked into the Facebook disinformation and voted to leave the EU in 2016. Well, we left the UK for the Austrian capital at the start of 2018. And I'm so thankful that AG had the tenacity, passion, intellect, and determination to keep reporting, questioning, and putting beans on the Mueller report news and highlighting the connections to international, largely Russian interference of democratic elections around the world. This has helped me reconcile some of what I've seen personally and nationally in the UK. And it was so important to my mental health when trying to push back against misinformation on social media. So thank you for all you've done. My good news is twofold. Firstly, I have joined the new Spoutable platform site and I'm delighted to see MSW Media Associated accounts being set up. Twitter has become increasingly uncomfortable. I'm feeling the manipulation of timelines pushing me to more and more negative engagement. Yes. Spoutable is providing an inclusive space where I can interact without constantly feeling nauseated by the thought that I'm complicit in supporting a platform that's actively promoting hate through grifting the outrage algorithm. I look forward to how it develops and taking that journey with folks standing up for democracy, justice, and respect for all. Part two of my good news was my birthday this week. So I uh, had some fun ice skating with the family, the amazing rat house plots, rat house plot. Uh, this will be, I, I have never been to that, by the way. I've been to to Austria, but I've never been to the Rathausplatz. This will also be my pet tax, as we can't have any here, but I'll, I do now call my kids with the sort of kiss squeak that I used to call our dog with when I was younger. <laughs> Ethan, Faith, and Isaac, you might be able to match them to their baby photos, just for Dana, but I will be looking for frog orgies in the old Danube this spring. Thank you. Sorry, this has been such a long post, but I've been meaning to write for a while. One last shout out to your listener, Jonathan Yu. I heard his good news submission last year. And as a high school science teacher myself, lots of it resonated with me. I found his Insta account and I've enjoyed his beautiful wildlife photos so much. I wanted to let others know to follow him on IG at Jonathan underscore umlor, U-M-L-O-R underscore photography. I grew up in a small Welsh village uh, in the Rhonda Valley called... <sighs> Dana, you want to take this one? I sure don't. Lewinpia. Uh, I've included that tidbit to add to your pronunciation repository. Thanks again. You'll never be able to overstate the difference you've made to me and so many others in the U.S. around the world by making sense of the insanity with appropriate profanity. Ooh, I like that rhyme. Oh, me too. I like it. Making sense of... I'm writing it down. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much for that submission. Okay, Look at these and, babies. Babies yeah. for you. So Isaac on the left of the bottom photo is definitely that middle baby. Look at that face, A.G. Look at the middle Yee. baby's face and now look at Isaac <laughs> on the left. That is definitely Isaac. So cute. The one on the right's just all like, like giving it, like throwing Magnum at us. Oh my God. I would say from this, Faith is on the right in this photo on the babies. And I would say Ethan is all the way to the left, if I had to guess. I think I got the babies right. All right. I know, so I, know I got the middle one right. From left to right, Ethan, Isaac, and... Okay, I yeah. gotcha. 
All right. That's what I think. Yeah. And there you go. Left to right. Nope. Isaac, Faith, and Ethan. Oh. All of them incorrect. Wait. (laughs) Oh, I thought it was left to right in the photo. Oh, man. Oh, no. The first photo is. Yeah. Got it. Oh, left to right. I see. Okay. Maybe it is left to right in this photo. Now I'm confused. Now I'm confused, too. All right. They're all beautiful babies. Oh, my God. Yeah, they are beautiful babies. Okay. I'm sure I'm going to get a correction. And let's keep going to MK Grace. No pronouns given. Hello, my favorite lady podcasters. I may have a new expression for you uh, when you have a particularly exciting or juicy bit of news to share. First, a bit of background. My youngest son is a high school basketball player. He's really good. Pause for a proud moment. He switched from public to private school this year in order to play better competition and hopefully catch the attention of some college coaches. The school is only three years old, and this was the first ever basketball team they had. The season was full of close games and heartbreaking losses. I have a sister who was herself an excellent player in high school and college. This year, I had the opportunity to share via YouTube links many of my son's games with her, thanks to the efforts of one of the team's dads. She told me after watching one of those close and exciting games that she was so into the game that she had burned the beans she was cooking. (laughs) The next game I sent to her was another thriller. My husband told me that I should warn her that this game was a bean burner. (laughs) Oh my God, that's funny. My first thought was, I have to share this with the Daily Beans. I'm attaching a couple of pics of my son in action and also a picture of this year's Christmas pictures that I forced my kids and their significant others to take. (laughs) I've shared a couple other Christmas pictures previously. Oh, look at that shot. Oh, my God. Look at the vert that kid's got. Yeah, it's a good-looking boy, too. That is a good-looking kid. Look at those quads. Dang it. Talent. I want to hang out with this family. I know. Get me, me a onesie. Too. I need a stripe onesie for next year. AG and I are coming over for Christmas. Yep. Get us some onesies and we'll take the photo. Fo- we'll get in the photo. Oh my God. <laughs> this is awesome. Thank you for that. And uh, finally, from Ang, no pronouns given. I'd make a polite greeting, but daylight savings time change has me cranky AF even days later. Me too. Me too, Ang. So sending a picture of Miss Panute <laughs> to express how we feel. It's basically the doggy cat butt face off of disgust. The doggy cat butt face off of disgust. Oh, my God. Miss P's ew, David face. Ew, Ew, David. Ew, David. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I always think of Michelle Obama on Saturday Night Live. Ew. Yeah. Oh, look at Panute. This is definitely a Schitt's Creek. Ew, David. Ew, David. No, David. (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely love Panute. Thank you for sending me more Panute. <laughs> uh, in case you're wondering if you are new to the Daily Beans. <laughs> uh, Anne sent this. It's not Ang, it's Anne. She sent this in uh, her dog a while ago to introduce <laughs> the first time. And the the dog's name is Peanut, but it's spelled P-N-U-T. And that day in the good news, we had a particular... Uh, Hodgepodge of pronunciations of yeah of like people were sending in like just trying to trip us up with pronunciations of towns nearby or streets that they live on uh, or you know cities in other countries and so when we got to Miss Peanut I said I my brain was like it can't just be Peanut it has to be Panut right and Is then I Newt? started laughing to the point where I almost <laughs> fell out of my chair I was like is the P silent. Is it just Newt, the the the, the Egyptian <laughs> goddess of the night? You know, and we were I was like, "Hey, gee, I think it's Peanut." <laughs> oh, it was good times, everyone. It was good times to be had by all. 
Yeah, if you have a chance, go back and listen to the Panute episode. We could not stop laughing. <laughs> oh, my God. Sometimes we get going and I'm just, I'm, I'm happy tears crying. <sighs> Panute. So whenever we get now, whenever we get Panute updates, I'm always very thankful. So thank you for submitting that. And thanks to all of you for sending in your good news. If you have any good news you want to send in to us, you can do so by going to dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. Dana, what's coming up? Oh my gosh. For Well, for me, I've got a few galas between now and May 20th, which is my show in Albuquerque. My website's just been redone by an incredible comedian named Ian Harvey. So if you haven't been to my website, go check it out. It's danagoldberg.com. You can see my dates, most of them, at least for the next few weeks, and I'll keep updating that. But my show in Albuquerque is May 20th. There's only 50 tickets left in the entire theater. So if you're a Beans listener and you are in driving distance of Albuquerque, go on and get your tickets today. You're just going to go to my appearances page, scroll all the way down to Back in Berkey, and get your tickets for that show. And I can't wait to see you there. Yes. And by the way, the theater show in Chicago in July is canceled, but we're working on other stuff. So don't buy tickets to I'm going I'm going to be at Netroots in Chicago that weekend, uh, July 13th through the 15th. So if you want to come see me at Netroots, that's cool. But we're not doing a live show. Uh, That's in Chicago in July. Very, very cool. I'm very excited about all your galas and your shows coming up, Dana. I love you. Thank you. And we will be back tomorrow with more news. The uh, We'll see what happens. I know that uh, today, when as you're listening to this, Cohen is giving his final little bit of testimony in the Manhattan DA's investigation. So indictments are nigh. We'll see. You can follow oh, indictments please. only on, on Twitter for only indictment updates. Uh, and uh, appreciate you. Until tomorrow, everybody, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Vote blue over Q. And take everyone with you. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media. I'm Francis Callier. And I'm Angela V. Shelton. And we're Frangela. You know what you need in your life? Hmm. The Final Word Podcast. Yes, you do. That's right. It is the final word on all things political and pop cultural. Where we make real news real funny. Where we inspire you so you can hashtag resist. Subscribe and get a new episode of The Final Word Podcast each week. It's the news we think you need to hear. That's right. We think you need to hear it. Okay. Yeah, it's what we say so. That's right. And because all we do is give, every Thursday you can listen to our hysterical podcast, Idiot of the Week. We round up the stupid because you know what? Somebody has to. Okay. All we do is give. Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn-in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane, and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, Welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis' first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. 
He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA. As a first-time lawyer, I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler... How much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary... They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry. We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said, show me in a courtroom how we were at war. Expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is lawyers, guns, and money. So you have a man in Armani suit standing in the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th, or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now.